Good morning. How y'all doing? Enjoying the Christmas program? Man, it's so cute to see all those kids up there struggling, trying to sing, and keeping them up there, shirts coming up. Wow. Well, for some of you that don't know, my name's Jacob. I'm uh, one of the deacons here at Redemption Bible Church. Let me uh, open us up with a prayer real quick. Father God, we just thank you for this opportunity to be able to reflect on all the things that you have done through time and history, and that these are things that aren't just stories in the past, but these are things that have actually done. You've actually sent your Savior to the world to redeem us from our sins and to restore our relationship back with you. I thank you we have the opportunity to freely worship you and praise you in this place. And now we take this time to be able to reflect and think upon the things that you have done and given to us. We ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Well, now with Christmas coming up soon, what is it that our culture is most excited for? Presents and gifts. Kids on Christmas morning will spring out of their beds and rush to wake you up unlike any other morning. Where most mornings you have to drag them out of bed, shake them and push them, but not on Christmas morning. It is a one day out of the year where you must spring, they spring out of bed early, rush to the living room, to, up to the Christmas tree. Now I want you for a moment to think back and ask yourself, what is the best gift that you've ever received in your life? For some of you, it might take a second or two, and for others, it might take some time. Now for some of you, these gifts may have been something sentimental. Maybe it was the latest technology. Or for others, maybe it's something fashionable. No matter what this gift may be at one point, it's something you can still think back to and cherish. It probably brings some great memories of when you first received it. Thoughts of the good time that you had with it. And just the thought of the gift from the person that you have given it to brings great memories. Now, for me, my favorite gift I've ever received was my first Xbox that my parents gave me. And it wasn't just because it was a video game system, but it was because of the great sacrifice that my parents had to get it for me. For some that don't know, my birthday is actually Christmas Eve, and it's pretty hard to share it with Jesus, you know? (laughs) So one year, instead of getting both a Christmas gift and a birthday gift, I crafted this idea to decide to ask my mom, instead of giving me both gifts, that she would just give me one big gift. And thinking that maybe I would have a chance of getting this Xbox that just came out this year. The very first one ever. Now my parents were not rich. And I had three other brothers. And so of course they wanted to give them good gifts. And they didn't want just, you know, socks and toys and candy and stuff. And getting this gift for me would have possibly made things harder for them. So the gift like this big would have been a great sacrifice for them. Knowing how hard my parents had to work and sacrifice in order to give me this gift made me cherish it and love it that much more. I knew that it wasn't a cheap gift and that it would be something special and they would be willing to pay the price in order to get it for me. And when Christmas morning finally came, I ran up to the stairs to the Christmas tree and unwrapped this gift. My parents had worked hard and able to surprise me with a gift that meant so much. I remember I was shocked that they actually had bought me this Xbox. And this was not the kind of gift that we were used to getting. Rarely would you get a big ticket item like this. We were not getting these kind of gifts year in and year out. And I loved that Xbox more than anything else at the time. And we spent hours on playing it. 
So much so, I can remember the time where I was playing it until I fell asleep and I woke up and the TV was still on with the controller on the side of my bed. But eventually, I thought it was outdated and that I needed the next game system, Xbox 360, Xbox S. There's always seems like a new one coming out. And because I thought it was outdated, I no longer had the heart and desire and the time to play with it the way that I once did. Eventually, I neglected the Xbox and it was sitting on my TV stand and eventually collected dust. But looking back at this, thinking about the blessings and gifts that I've had throughout the years, this Xbox still stands as the favorite gift that I've ever received in my life. Now, why am I telling you this story? Why am I talking about gifts during this Christmas program? That is because I wanted to use the story to show you that while that we love to give gifts and receive gifts, over time we neglect and forget about them. And they start to collect dust on our shelves and in our hearts. And just as we love to give good gifts, so does our Heavenly Father, and He has. So I want us to look at what these gifts are and to take them off of our shelves and blow the dust off of them. And to see them again as we once did when we first became Christians and when we first received these gifts, when we first received these truths and these songs. We read in Matthew seven eleven, If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? So we see here that God loves to give good gifts, just as you and I. And so this morning we have heard of the great gifts that he has given us, such as hope, peace, joy, and love. And I want to briefly go over them and show you how these gifts are from God and to blow the dust off of them and enjoy them as when we first received them. The first gift that I want to go over with is the gift of hope. This is an amazing gift that God has given us. And it's a gift that many of us at times take for granted. Or one that some of you need to see that we have. We may not always feel like there's hope, but there is in Christ. What hope is not is hoping to get something in the future, but there's a chance for disappointment. Let me say this again. Hope is not in hoping to get something in the future, but there's a chance for disappointment. Something I could have hoped to have that Xbox, but there's a chance that my parents wouldn't have given it to me, and that would have been a disappointment. True biblical hope is the one that is rooted in knowledge and certainty that God will always keep his promises, and there is no chance of disappointment. Let me say that again. Biblical hope is one that is rooted in knowledge and certainty that God will always keep his promises, and there's no chance for disappointment. God will keep his promises, and he has kept his promises. And the reason there is hope is because of the incarnation. God sent his one and only son that was born through the marriage, taken on humanity, both being fully God and fully man. And the reason he did this was to fulfill the long-awaited promise to God's people that he would send someone to save them from their sin. We also know God's character. He's a God of truth, and he keeps his promises. So this is shown throughout the entire Bible. So we have hope because God has kept his promise in sending the Savior of the world, saving us from the penalty that is due for our sins. As well, we have hope because we know that he came to die for our sins and rose from the grave, conquering Satan, sin, and death. So we know that he will come again and restore creation and all his sins effect, and that effects that will be dealt with 
once and for all. God will not disappoint, and he is our hope. The next gift that we read about this morning is the gift of love. What is love? Love is not just a word or emotion that you, you feel from time to time and that you can eventually fall out of. It's not circumstantial. But biblical love is selfless and sacrificial. Meaning that you're willing to sacrifice for the better of another and put yourself second. Let me say this again. Biblical love is selfless and sacrificial. Meaning you're willing to sacrifice for the better of another and count yourself second. Christian author C.S. Lewis described it this way. Love is not an affectionate feeling, but a steady wish for the loved person's ultimate good as far as it can be obtained. We see this love demonstrated and shown by the greatest selfless act in human history. A single act that happened for all who put their faith and hope in Jesus. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Jesus willingly sacrificed his place in heaven and came to earth in the form of a baby. And he went from glory to humiliation. Jesus often sacrificed his reputation by taking on the punishment that he did not deserve. And he died, he lived a sinless life, but also suffered a shameful death. Jesus sacrificed his comfort and relationship with the Father for a moment by taking on our sins as the Father then turned from his face at the cross. All was done was willingly. It wasn't a plan only revealed as it went on. Jesus knew the atrocities that he would face. But in love, he chose to sacrifice all these things things, for us to be restored back in relationship with him. So we may experience the immense love that he has for us and share it with those that are around us. As Jesus told his disciples in John 15, 13, greater love than no one, sorry, excuse me, greater love has no one than this, that someone would lay down his life for his friends. Because of the sacrifice of Jesus, those of us who put our faith in him now have hope and peace with God. And this is the next great gift that God has given us to his children. The gift of peace. To quote a section out of the reading earlier that Matt read. We have peace with God because of the powerful strike against sin and death that this birth represented. All of God's anger and hatred towards sin and wrath towards sinners and his judgment against evil was all dealt with at the cross. We now have peace with God because he was justly punished sin. So what is peace? Peace is the removal of hostility resulting in relational oneness. Let me say this again. Peace is the removal of hostility resulting in relational oneness. And we have peace with God because all the wrath and judgment that our sin brought is dealt with at the cross. All God's righteous anger and judgment and wrath was poured on Jesus Jesus willingly took the punishment in our place. He was not forced to. Because Jesus, laid, because Jesus died in our place and took the wrath of God and God's anger towards sin and us was settled, our debt towards God was paid for. We who have faith in Jesus, who died on the cross, now have peace with God. 
Because there's now forgiveness and relationship with God. And now that we have peace with God, we can also have peace with man. In a world of division and hostility, we can be peacemakers. And because God has forgiven us, we can forgive others and have peace with them. We can do this when we glorify God by reflecting his character. And by this, others can know more about him. And this is how we already use the gift of peace. By knowing and seeing and understanding and experiencing all these gifts we have gone through this morning, we can have great joy when we reflect on what God has already given us. And what is joy, though? Joy is being glad and satisfied in God, no matter what circumstance we find ourselves whether it's in time of gladness or devastation. Let me say this again. Joy is being glad and satisfied in God, no matter what circumstance we find ourselves in, whether it's time of gladness or devastation. We can have joy regardless of our situation because of our purpose in life and not rooted in what we have here on earth. We have eternal hope. We know that in grace, God has given us all we need through Jesus. No matter what season we find ourselves in, we can always remember that God is faithful. We must realign our focus upon the grace we've already received and not have our joy be contingent on the here and now. Therefore, we can have deep joy no matter what circumstance we find ourselves in. So why are we not content and often neglect these gifts of hope Love, peace, and joy. Why do we usually forget them after this Christmas season? Why do we set them aside and let them collect dust and act like they're not even there? I think it's because over time we forget about the cost and benefit that these gifts cost and what had it take to give them to us. And we fail to remind ourselves about the effort and sacrifice given for us to enjoy these gifts. We tend to drift to other things and hope that they would capture our heart and our attention. But none of these things offer the value and benefit of these gifts that God has given us. So we must take them off of our shelves and blow the dust off of them and be reminded of their cost, of what God paid in order to give them to you. So we must, so they are not cheap gifts and broken promises. Their cost was God's one and only son. It was not something that was just financial, but his actual life, is given of his life. And if you look at your life and possibly find yourself not cherishing these gifts, I want to encourage you to take time to celebrate and worship and rejoice and praise God for all that he has given you. In closing, celebrate the hope that we have in Christ, knowing that this hope is sure and cannot disappoint. And worship God because he has acted in love by giving you his one and only son to die on the cross for our sins. Worship him for showing us this true love, his selfless sacrifice for the good of others, for you and I, and for the hope of the world. And rejoice in the fact that we now have peace with God, that all hostility was dealt with at the cross, and we have oneness with God and can seek peace with fellow man. Lastly, praise God for the gifts of joy we can have joy because it's not contingent on us. By this I mean there's nothing we can do to earn God's love or take away the hope that is in God has done. And he cannot lose these gifts. So as we move forward in Advent season, take time to remember these gifts 
and use them to bless others and to glorify the greatest gift giver there ever was. And join me in prayer. God, we just thank you so much, Lord God. We thank you for what you have done, what you have given us, and what it has costed. There's nothing else on earth that can compare to these things, Lord God. There's nothing else on earth that can compare to you and that you have given yourself freely. We thank you for this. We pray, Lord God, and Holy Spirit, that you would help us to keep the dust off of these gifts and that we would always be reminded of what you have given us and that we would not forget these things and that we learn to be content, Lord God, and cherish them as we first received them. We ask all these things in your name, Jesus. Amen.